If you're a physician who wants more autonomy in how you practice or fulfillment in your life, you're in the right place. This is the Change Physician Podcast, where our guests reveal how you can learn the mindsets, skills, and strategies to create the life you want without selling out your morals or values. But before we begin, I want to remind you of the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you at thechangephysician.com. Welcome back to the Change Physician Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Melissa Cady, joined by my co-host, Dr. Kevin Kakaro, and we're joined with two guests this time, Dr. Sarah and Colin Taylor out of Canada, and we are just excited to hear the stories of not only your individual stories, but how they merged in this medical realm and this whole trajectory it's taken, uh, because we know it's not stay the same as the podcast reveals. It's about the change physician. So thank you for joining the podcast. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So let's let's start with just maybe let's start with Sarah. And can you tell us or the audience, what was your whole inspiration or reason for going into medicine in the first place? Well, I didn't really have a story of growing up thinking I wanted to be a doctor. I knew I liked science, went into a bachelor of science program, and I did biology and psychology and wasn't sure what path I would actually take. Um, had a lot of encouragement from my father in particular. Um, not that he is a physician, but he really wanted me to become one. Um, so, you know, I wasn't sure if it would turn out or not. You know, by second year, I wrote my MCAT, um, ended up getting in and uh, so I didn't take the psychology route and um, so really that's kind of how I ended up there it was just kind of an organic route to medicine. And in Colin what about you same thing or different? Uh, a little bit similar to start uh, again I wasn't sure what I really wanted to do I knew I wanted to go to university I knew that I liked sciences um, probably the difference for me was I was kind of my own driving force and I had, there was one uh, a guy that was in my year who actually focused on it and was kind of probably my leader guide to becoming interested in it as a possibility. So then at the end of the, again, second year, I wrote my MCAT and it just kind of went from there. So um, I, I was probably, I guess, inspired by, by one of my, uh, my classmates really. So. so where did you go to medical school or what made you choose, you know, the particular place or I'm not sure how it works there. Um, yeah. Well, we both, we both finished our undergrad degree, Bachelor of Science, and applied, and as many people, it depends on where you get in. So we have a lot fewer medical schools in Canada, um, and, the, and we were applying in 94, so that was before the days where it was probably really easy to just apply online, so you kind of had to be a bit dedicated. So we actually both went to Western in London, Ontario. My sister had gone to dental school there and um, I really loved the city and it was, it's a very university city. So that's where we both ended up. Um, yeah, I mean, similarly, the classmate that I was referring to, that's where he ended up. Um, so again, it was kind of, he loved it there and that was kind of a lead for me to apply there and it just worked out. So great. So, so go ahead, Kevin. I was going to say, so now you, you've, you guys don't know each other yet, right? That's the other thing is, is, <laughs> is important is, so this whole pathway is happening. You guys are independently applying for medical school and then you both end up at Western and what happens next? Like, so when did, when did your guys' paths intersect on this journey? 
so it was actually the the very first day of kind of med school activity. So classes hadn't started yet, um, but the class was getting together for an orientation. And then, of course, there were other activities related to that. So during one of those activities, um, we kind of, I think, probably noticed each other. And then later on during that evening, um, during one of the other activities, we kind of started talking and the rest is really history. So it's uh, it's interesting <laughs> that we met on the very first day of med school and we're yeah. Again, we're here now, so. <laughs> and I say we, we actually both um, had come from the maritime provinces, so the east coast of Canada. So we, we had that in common, too. Well, and the interesting thing, too, is, you know, when we started to actually talk, um, a lot of some of the, or not a lot of them, but some of the circles that we actually knew people in actually crossed. So uh, we had some common ground, not only from where the geographical area we, we actually lived and grew up in, but also some of the people that we knew in those provinces. So it was kind of neat. It was obviously meant to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. <clears throat> so go ahead. I just want to keep diving in. Yeah, so do I. Because <laughs> like, now it, 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 you meet on the first day and, mm -hmm. and it sounds like there was at least some interest right away, but now you're also starting medical school, which is a, um, we can call it very time consuming and overwhelming. And then you're starting a relationship. So how did how did you balance that out? You know, being with Colin was a huge um, stabilizing factor for me because I've been away from home. So uh, actually we both did our undergrad degrees living at home. So I had that support of family, plus just were able to focus more on school as opposed to, you know, trying to um, figure out all the other life stuff as well. So, um, so it was our first time, well, I guess you had been away, but really our first time living away. So um, it actually, it sounds like it would have been hard to balance that, but ended up being a really positive thing. And we had that common ground so we could support one another knowing what we were each going through. So we actually got, we got married after second year too. So we, even though we, we did things a little unconventionally because we were still on the young side too. Um, a lot of our classmates at that time were not getting married. And um, so, yeah, it's obviously worked out. <laughs> we, it just, it really worked out well that we spent so much time together. I mean, yeah. we, we literally, you know, from mm -hmm. what, eight o'clock in the morning till uh, you know, we'd often study together after supper, and then I would go back to the place that I live. So we literally spent, you know, every day together for a significant chunk of the day. And yeah. it, it just really, it, it worked for us. Um, I know it doesn't work for all, but it, no. it certainly worked for us. So but I mean, it, it, it kind of makes sense, though, because and we, we talked about this with some other guests at times is because medical school is can be so all encompassing. Yeah. The difference that with having another medical student as a companion or whatever, as you guys understand. So it doesn't yes. sound like there would have been the fights. Like, why are you spending so time, much time at school? So I was like, well, yeah. we have that test. We better study yeah. for it. And, uh, so that's, I think it's fascinating. And then clerkship too, right? So there, there's that understanding there, whereas, you know, the, otherwise it may be difficult to understand why they're gone so frequently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. yeah wondering where are you really at? Um, yeah. I'm sure those questions for non, um, you know, residents that, that could creep up, um, especially if they're used to a life before medical training or being in residency and then suddenly changes. Um, I think it's hard for people to conceptualize the amount of uh, internal stress when you want to perform and do well and impress upon people and 
peer kind of this unspoken peer pressure of always you know doing well in everything you're doing i think it's just kind of the nature of the the beast unfortunately uh, which we know can have its untowered effects later <laughs> on our psyche but um so speaking of which uh when you were going through medical school what did what were the fields what did you both decide how did you handle that well yeah so we have a couples match which like there is in states as well. So that really factored into kind of some decision-making because we definitely wanted to be in the same location. So that not that um, it would have limited what we were applying for, but if you're both going for a very competitive specialty, you definitely have to factor that in. Mm -hmm. um, so I was pursuing family medicine, which, you know, would help because, um, they need more people to be applying to family medicine as opposed to necessarily a specialty. And then you go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I initially went to medical school thinking that I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. And, I, you know, coincidentally or ironically, I actually spent my kind of pre-med school day with an orthopedic surgeon and realized, eh, maybe not. Uh, I enjoyed it work and I did some research in it, but it wasn't for me. So I'll be honest with you, I probably spent the next two to three years until we really started focusing on, on things, trying to figure out, there wasn't something that really grabbed me. I was more like what I, what I didn't feel I wanted to do. Uh, and then I actually had a, a great experience with a consultation liaison psychiatrist. And that's actually what probably fostered my interest in going there. Um, fast forward ahead, though. Um, couples match. We get matched to, to Calgary, Alberta. I'm in psychiatry. And uh, as part of that first year, I set up an elective in radiology. And the minute I went into radiology for that month, I knew that that's, I, I wish I had known more about it going through the training. I fell in love with it. And uh, by the end of that year, I'd already transferred in. So fast forward now, I've been a practicing radiologist for, you know, the better part of 17 years and absolutely love it. So that kind of gives you a little bit of idea of, of where we were and where we got to from that standpoint. Yeah. So you, you ended up, you know, converting to the radiology and uh, doing, so one of them's doing primary care. You, you end up doing the match and did you go to the same place yeah. for your training? For so we got into Calgary, Alberta. So now, so we started on the East coast. We went to medical school in Ontario, which is kind of central ish, although they'd say it's more East. Yeah. And then now we're just to give you an idea. Now we're out West. So gotcha. we're in the prairies in Alberta. And we, so we really wanted to go to Calgary. Um, we were very fortunate to get our choice, our top choice. Yeah. And so that would have been in 98 is when we started. And then in 99, again, against convention in some ways, not as unusual now, we had our first child. Mm -hmm. And so that would have been our second year of residency for both of us. How'd that go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It was actually extremely grounding and perspective, yeah. uh, you know, making for us. Uh -huh. uh, because at the end of the day, it really forced us to actually keep work as much as we could at the hospital mm -hmm. and come home and focus on something completely else. So it, it actually was probably one of the best decisions oh. we made as far as being able to really add another level of perspective in our life and keep things going. And then to further that, in, in my last year, so I'm studying for a royal college exam, we had our second child at that point in time. So even further grounded us even more. Um, and, and I have no regrets about doing that at yeah. any point in time. People still look at us now and they go, how did you guys manage to navigate all that? And uh, again, 
it, it just it, it worked for us. I don't, I don't really have a great explanation for it. But Plus, it we're you know we're not young, um, but we are 48 and 49, and our kids are 18 and 20, almost 21. So we're happy in some ways that we kind of went that route when we had the energy to be sleep deprived so much. So yeah. it was just a big combination of sleep deprivation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we not do it later. <laughs> yeah. Makes me laugh because my, 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 so my, I, the reason I'm so fascinated is my, my wife and I met in medical school as well and we got married okay. and we had our first child during internship. And I distinctly remember thinking, like internship prepares you for having kids <laughs> because you're like, but instead of being on call you know q2 q3 q4 you're on q1 call with this baby all the time but what i what i'm really kind of curious is um you know in the in the states it really depends on your program and a lot of times it depends on your specialty on how how understanding the program is if you're having children so in Canada, were you finding that your programs were supportive of this in, in Canadian medical system? Are they, are they more protective of the residents and recognize that people are having kids? Or, or do you find sometimes we, we were very lucky where I was, we didn't have this, but I know some people have had, um, you know, programs that are like, you, why are you having kids <laughs> you know, and not being supportive? So. Yeah. Yeah. And we've heard that, but overall, it's come a long way. Um, yeah. having kids in residency because um, in our so you know between so it was 99 when I, I had my son um, our son sorry in um, <laughs> residency and I only had 16 weeks off and that was the max and there was no parental leave or you might get a For week sure. off no I didn't even get a week off so they, they, they yeah, were, they were no, kind of uh, softer if you will around the time of delivery yeah. Um, so I had some leeway in my rotations, kind of the days heading up to it and a little bit after the fact, but I, I had no specific protected time or time off otherwise. So, um, no, it, it, things have changed a much lot better here. now. Um, yeah. Th there is both maternal and paternal leave up here within residency programs. And then adjustments are obviously made to make sure that you get the training that you kind of mm -hmm. missed over the course of time. But no, it's a different landscape now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it made me, uh, think you were saying earlier about how it was really a great decision for you to have something to turn off from work and something non-medical and you know I I almost um you know I think also I guess this is my interpretation because I've I'm married to someone who's not in the medical field and I have this in my mind this belief that it's good for me because it keeps me kind of dialed in with other things other than just medicine and makes me more well-rounded but i obviously think that's also part of personality and and your intention of doing things outside but i almost would think that you know with two physicians did you find that it was hard to turn off the medical mind i mean aside from children giving you another attention is it i'm just curious from two physicians does it seem like it's hard to talk about other interests or did you find I'm just curious did you always talk medicine all the time and that's most of your discussion or or what no you know what we we actually if you look over the course of our time it's been lengthy we don't tend to talk about medicine a lot really mm -hmm. we, really when, when we're done um you know there might be that kind of quick well how was your day anything interesting you know kind of the usual small talk um but no we purposely or maybe not even purposely just organically maybe happened that way that we automatically started focusing on other things um, good. I think that's probably where having kids in, in our training mm -hmm. just allowed us to kind of springboard into practice and keep that same type of, of separation. 
and, and perspective. Um, so we kind of got on the ground running there. I mean, there's obviously been ups and downs with with the practice and things that have taken up time and we have consumed ourselves a little bit more, but overall we've been able to keep pretty grounded, I think, over the course of time. So and it's it, like any, sorry. No, go ahead. It's like any couple probably when you do have kids and you have family and life, you know, you end up talking a lot about that. Yeah. <laughs> and um I, I think talking about medicine was more talking about work, you know, what you would do with a spouse, right? It's more yes. about the work environment. Yeah. 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 So you're, you're, you're progressing here. You're, you're done. You're, you're doing your training. You're, you're having kids, you move out into the early practice world. And um, how did that go? Was there any conflicts around it or, or is Canadian medical system, you know, some, some of us in the United States are like, Oh, if we only could practice in Canada and other people are saying, Oh, we can't practice in Canada. And more specifically, I would say is um, the burnout issue in the United States is pretty profound. However, having talked to other physicians in other countries, it seems like burnout is pretty universal and everybody's doing this stuff. If I only can get to the United States, that's the land of bread and honey. If I can only get to Canada, that's the land where uh, I'll, I'll have a work, work day that won't consume me. So what were your experiences with early practice? And, and can you tell the listeners, particularly those who are maybe in the United States or in a different country, what is it really like to practice medicine in Canada? The grass isn't necessarily greener. It's kind of <laughs> getting that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So you can so do it there. Yeah. So yeah. we actually went back to the Maritimes um, after Calgary. So we were back in uh, Prince Edward Island specifically. Um, I had agreed to go back kind of on a contract to, you know, service type of thing for a period of time. Um, and, you know, as far as things went, I went into a practice that was understaffed, and we had a whole bunch of problems from, you know, basically uh, that shortage that really bled into the five years that we were there. Um, and to be honest with you, it, it really, I had so much anticipation and hope that things would be so great there and we'd be able to get more people and it just never panned out. So we, we probably started planning even an extra strategy in the Maritimes at, you know, probably midway, maybe the three to four year mark thinking of where else might we be able to go. Again, hoping that maybe the grass is greener somewhere else in Canada. Um, but, you know, again, that's kind of what my experience was that I love doing radiology, but I didn't love how I was having to do it. And that was probably the driving force for me to want to look elsewhere. And I mean, Sarah had a little bit of a different experience in family medicine, but if you want to share that. Yeah, but I never kind of found exactly what I wanted to do you know I did so many different things and I think it was just kind of diversifying to kind of keep it a little more interesting exciting so you know from having my own practice to working at a, a student health center at the university working in, in administrative position for veterans affairs I kind of at, during this five-year time so there was nothing that was really calling me that I was very passionate about at that time. So there was, we had, we were really happy there in terms of our life and friendships and the community, but we're growing more and more discontent with kind of the healthcare system yeah, the we're system, working yeah. in. And that's so, really kind of interesting because uh, if, you know, burnout is getting pretty, pretty universal across medicine, but in the United States specifically, what we're seeing is, those in primary care tend to have the highest rates of burnout. And yet, Colin, you're a radiologist. So in the United States, we don't see that as much. And you're under this 
this kind of you're starting seeing that the uh the threads in the in the in the in the in the picture here where things are sort of falling apart so could you kind of explore that a little bit as a specialist because in the united states again specialty would be like they're almost protected in a lot of ways still hard work you know still a lot of complaints um but it's not necessarily the same yeah and you know i think for those first five years of practice you know burnout wasn't an issue for me at that point in time it was probably just more again discontentment of how i was having to practice radiology um, you know, being that chronically short staff, um, you know, the days were a little bit longer. There's probably a bit more volume of work, but I didn't really feel overwhelmed um, to the sense of the point where I was feeling burnt out. Um, I, I just knew that long term, that wasn't kind of the practice that I envisioned for myself. So I, I was kind of hoping to get into a practice where I wasn't, you know, short, we weren't short staff. And, you know, again, a little bit more um, of what, of how I wanted to practice. So those early years, the, the burnout piece kind of comes into the next chapter of things mm-hmm. uh, of where we really try to, again, uh, you know, come up with a plan that would help us with that. But that those first five years for me was more about just discontentment, to be honest with you. You might want to get into chapter two so you can explore. Yeah, go ahead. Well, what, yeah, so, to answer that question, yeah. So we actually, uh, training in Calgary, um, we had a lot of connections, obviously, still out in Western Canada. So there was a couple of people that I knew that were actually practicing just north of Calgary in Alberta. And just through even just a social interaction, we kind of got talking about maybe the possibility of us actually, you know, moving out there and me joining their practice. So that actually came to fruition um, in over the course of actually, we did a cross country move. I, I got the call, I think it was probably the third week of June in 2008. And by August 21st, we were in Alberta with our, our family uh, ready to practice for September 1st. So it came very quickly. So we, we, we made the move out uh, uh, to Alberta and uh, again to a practice that actually at face value gave me everything mm-hmm. initially that the other practice didn't. So it was really working out well kind of in that first couple of years or so. Um, but then unfortunately the, the, the volume, the demands, everything else just became progressively more and more and uh, we were in Alberta for, for nine years, but really those last three through nine years, it was a bit of a struggle. Um, I, I started to notice that I was really, you know, again, dreading going to work. Uh, wasn't sure I had really no control or flexibility over my day. Uh, and that's when I think we started to piece things together that I was probably starting to burn out uh, at that point in time. So, and that's too where Sarah, she was pursuing some interests in physician wellness kind of as an adjunct to what you know, she was doing from a clinical standpoint, and that helped kind of put the pieces together, so. Yeah, because you would initially think radiology doesn't seem like a profession that would have burnout, kind of to your point, but they actually, the way he was working, he had no control over the volume of work he had to do in a day, how he had to do it, where he could, where he did it even, um, what modality it was, that, so the lack of control was definitely there, definitely there was not a lot of autonomy and there was no flexibility. So if he was working guaranteed, I had to be flexible in terms of the family outside of that. Um, they were a very busy practice. They believed in working hard and playing hard so that when you worked, you know, you were all in, but that again, leads to those other kind of, there was no balance. Well, the, uh, yeah. that it's not sustainable. You can't work hard and play hard and sustain it. There needs to be some level of moderation. That's what, even with the time off that I had, I just found that I could never recuperate. 
you know, I go back, I could be off for a couple of weeks in the mm-hmm. summer and go back. And after the first day, it was almost like, did I even have any vacation? Mm-hmm. I almost feel like I was back to square one. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause, um, that lack of autonomy is another thing that we kind of see across pictures when it comes to phys- physician practice anyway, is you just feel like a cog, like, you know, oh. no control. You, you, yeah. and, and it's just like, now you're just like, you know, this assembly line kind of thing, um, trying to do something that has really important and meaning to those on the, the back end, the patients. And yet we, as a, a cog in this wheel, really can't feel like this, we're being able to practice effectively and or do what we need to do effectively and actually have a life and treat our families well at the same time. So that is really interesting. And I hope people can recognize it. If you're hoping to move somewhere else for a magical cure, maybe we should start with our own practices and our own uh, choices first. So interesting. Yeah. So being that you're coming to this realization of loss of autonomy and all these things that, you know, you've been, we've been talking about, what what was your what were your thoughts or conversations around this and what what to go forth doing at that point? Yeah, so I, I think at that point I probably really truly sat down and reflected on myself and then in consultation with, with Sarah because we 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 go for walks and we go for our daily walks. That's usually our brainstorming kind of briefing. Uh, but at the end of the day, I wanted to hopefully. Uh, come up with a, a path that would give me the autonomy, the control, and the flexibility that I felt I had lost very quickly in that practice. Um, so probably to, to get to where we are here in Victoria, you see an idea of that ground. It was a four-year plan, just given everything, our jobs, our kids' schooling, everything. So, you know, we're looking back, we got here in 2017. So in 2013, this is when we started doing our master plan. And we started looking at places that, one, we'd like to live, but two, where I might be able to actually get a job that would give me those three things. So those ended up being the pillars of the cornerstone of what I wanted for myself uh, to try and find. So that's what we started doing, was basically coming up with a roadmap of how we could actually plan this and execute it. And uh, we, we fortunately were able to. Um, I, I actually transitioned uh, in that last year of practice in Alberta I started working as a teleradiologist to see if it was something that was actually feasible to bridge that gap and maybe pick up long-term as a transition. Um, and shortly after starting it, I realized that I, I think this actually would really work well for me um, all over across the board. And it's given me all three of those things that I felt that I lost. And I, I can't thank you know, the stars enough that it actually has worked out this way. Um, I, I love, I've always loved doing radiology um, in both those places. It was how I had to do it. Mm-hmm. And now it's back to the point where I actually love how I'm doing it right now. So it's made a huge difference. It's brought back that joy in medicine to me that um, I knew was there, but was kind of tarnished for a bit. So um, that's kind of where I am now. And Sarah, what what kind of felt like the transition for you? And then how did you all merge that and what you're doing now? Well, and and I just want to say too, like we always say, it's, you know, not everything is straightforward and you have to give something to take something. So certainly moving and making that transition, we were giving away a security too of being a part of him being a partner, um, a, a big difference in income. So it came, but we had to look at what was most important and, you know, health, personal health mm-hmm. and emotional well-being, and all those things end up being top and the family. So um, for me, I, 
was, I really enjoyed what I was doing. I was kind of more doing sexual health and I was doing some physician health stuff too, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't like what I was doing was going to kind of sustain us anyway. So um, when we moved, I decided it was time to, for me to really not just do something because this is the way you do things if you're a family doctor mm-hmm. and just kind of really trying to, what we say is design our own life. Mm-hmm. So what I'd always wanted to pursue was something in medical education. And so I kind of got the ball roll, rolling with that. And so now that I'm doing some sessional work um, with the medical school and just kind of being able to do other things I've all, you know, always been interested in, just some hobbies, creative endeavors. Um, we still try to do you know, some work, just some advocacy, if you will, on social media. Initially, we had a website and um, we were kind of doing more but we're just trying to figure out what would work best, what we have the energy for, um, the passion for. So, yeah, we just feel like we can do more of the things that maybe just we really do want to do. Because sometimes I think you end up down a path of not really thinking about it and just not being intentional. And we're just trying to really be intentional about what we do and how we live our life. Yeah, no, I think that's part of what we did was we we tried to leverage our MDs into maybe an unconventional path that actually got us where we wanted to be. And that's the part where, you know, it's not impossible. It can be done. You just kind of have to be open. And it, you know, yeah, as Sarah said, it was a little bit unnerving at certain points, some of the things you're giving up, but um, you know, some of the things in life that are, you know, they're worth fighting for and and we're happy that it worked out this way. So. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, you gained a level of awareness that there was an issue. And then rather than just sort of, you know, reacting to it, which happens to all of us at some point in time, we're just kind of almost like you're swimming in the, in drowning in water and just trying to keep your head up or whatever, but you got your head up enough that you were aware. And I love how you're using that intentionality because you were very intentional in your choices where you're wagering. Yeah. You may lose partnership, but if you're gaining a quality of life and for, and for me, and, and I think we've talked about this quite a bit, Melissa is when you when you make these active choices, you may you may find your income drop, but your lifestyle changes, and and now you may be able to sustain that practice. It's rather right, you know, rather than killing yourself for fifteen years doing the you know work hard, play hard, get your two weeks off here and there, but you're just dying every day. Is well, maybe you're going to practice for twenty five years now, but you're going to do it in a way that you enjoy what you do and you enjoy the life you're living. So it's just. I love hearing those words of awareness and intentionality and seeing how intentional you were through that process. And to speak to that's exactly what I did was mm-hmm. look, why am I actually trying to cram, you know, so much work into a shorter period of time? Why can't I just spread it out the work and the money over the time, have a better quality of life over 20 years, as opposed to grinding it out for 10, um, all those things. And that's part of where, even as part of the move here, you know, again, intention and purpose was let's find out what the numbers are. Let's find out what the numbers are for us to sustain things. And I, that's even been a bit of a driving force is to be able to allow us to actually feel like we can pursue some of the interests that we have as opposed to feel like, well, no, we don't have time for it because we have to work. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really allowed us that, you know, again, flexibility to maybe not take, not always say yes to something, say no to something. Um, create some boundaries uh, with things and it's Mm -hmm. um, 
it's really been quite a journey, but yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. And now, I, I, go ahead. I was just going to say with COVID, mm -hmm. I mean, we, we felt very fortunate that Colin was already set up working, you know, there was obviously um, a bit of a slowdown because of radiology, because less emerge visits, you know, that sequence of events, uh, essential services were kind of on hold but yeah. you know for both of us it didn't really you know now we're, we're teaching on zoom and so just kind of fortunate that we were already a little bit set up for that transition as well yeah. it just happened that way so can you paint that picture a little bit more graphically and what is it that you guys are doing now uh as compared to before what is what is your day-to-day -day life like how is your practice you know where are you 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 generating your income and finding your time and things like that yeah, so as far I only work nights now, um, so what I do is I kind of take benefit of a time shift. I report for other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. So uh, basically, I, I work either between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. or 11 p.m. And, and 2 a.m. my time. So I've got my full, I get up about 9.30 or so, for example, I give myself a little bit of sleep, and then I've got my full day to do pretty much whatever I want with the family, whether it be errands. As I say, we, we go try to go on a daily walk. Um, you know, we try and eat fresh every day. So a lot of errands that involved us going to the grocery store and getting some fresh stuff to, to prepare. Um, so it, it's allowed me to basically have my days. I know it wouldn't be for everybody, but I, that was always part of my favorite time of working was, it was night on call because the hospital, at least the radiology department was almost to myself. Um, so it was kind of selfishly, I kind of like it here now in the sense I've got, you know, things to myself again. Um, but that's kind of what my day looks like. And well, he has a whole it's, it's oh, I got a workstation beside him. Workstation. So uh -huh. to read remotely and works for a company and also does administrative work for the company yeah. too. Um, that does contract out to some hospitals, maybe smaller hospitals that don't want to have 24-7 coverage for radiology. And so it's a very symbiotic relationship. Um, so that's kind of he's working a lot less. A lot less. I'm essentially I'm essentially half time really. If you look at the number of hours that I work, um, which again, being able to work half time, have my days, and still be feel that I can make enough money for us to live the way that we do. Um, yeah, I, I, again, it's a gift to be honest with you. Yeah, and I'm so I'm doing some work um, with the med the UBC Medical School. And um, so I practiced for 17 years in one capacity or another. And then when we moved here, that was kind of the decision point um, because I'm sure it's similar in the States. You have to have licenses and memberships and the, the cost adds up to quite a, a lot and your liability insurance. So there has to be a level of commitment to how much I wanna work. Um, and, you know, it was, it's, it's still even within provinces as it would be within this different states, you know, it's, it's different practicing in each province. So that's when I made a decision, well, kind of came to a decision not easily that I probably wasn't going to get a license to practice, but a license to do uh, medical education. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy what I'm doing like really enjoy it so yeah. it's interesting yeah. it's one of the things you always wanted to do but yeah. it, it was quite a leap to kind of hang yeah. up the clinical license to, to, to actually pursue that dream um, but I, I don't think you'd look yeah. back on it and regret anything about it and based on where we live too is there was a barrier yeah. to being able to do it so just where we lived it just in Alberta we yeah. she didn't have that option to do no. medical education mm -hmm. from where we live so mm -hmm. 
and and I'm curious, um, are you doing telemedicine or not telemedicine, but are you doing a remote work, um, Sarah, with this right now, or are you now? Uh, yeah, with with COVID. With COVID. Yeah, yeah. It's um, there's no in-person classes. Okay. Uh, both of our kids even you know are starting first and fourth year um, science at the university, all remote. So everything is remote. So um, the, I'm doing small group work and yeah, it's all, all remote right now. So we'll see where that all goes. Yeah. You're yeah. both remote right now. Yeah. We're, both, we're the whole family. So it's yeah. Yeah. You know, interesting to see how, how it goes because, yeah. you know, everyone likes to kind of get out and do their own thing too. So it's, it's a challenge. Everyone's experiencing a challenge in this time, but sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was, I wanted to uh, give props for the Instagram. I mean, that's where I found you. And, um, you know, you have a lot of inspirational pictures and, and quotes. And um, I know, noticed Brene Brown was one of the quotations on there and have some really good discussion um, on some of those um, images or posts that you do. And, and I noticed you had, you had a link to, of course, this is the Change Physician podcast, and you have uh, a link to the Change Catalyst um, to help, help people that are trying to design their own lives and change. And uh, do you want to speak to that a little bit, where that came about? Sure. How about this? It was kind of our brainchild in the sense of, I help her with a lot of the brainstorming and then she puts a lot of the ideas to paper. So, okay. um, so it, it probably over the course of time was just, we had a bit of a story to tell and, and share and, you know, shared experience, I think for a lot of us is very important. So we just basically tried to create a bit of a roadmap of even some of the things we discussed about here mm -hmm. today of, of what we did to kind of take control of our situation uh, and, and be kind of the, the drivers of the change that we wanted to be and see. So um, that's really where it, it, it came yeah. from was uh, the hopes for that. So, yeah, I had a blog actually way back um, 2013, I yeah. guess is when I had started. And that's when I got into wellness and that's as Colin had mentioned I started to get into physician wellness and started to piece together burnout. Um, so I started on social media then, and then we wanted to do something together. So then we started the website. It was Physicians for Physicians and started like Docs for Docs on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. And just, we've kept up. We, we, so we actually started working on the change catalyst through what we were ended up writing about, blogging about, once I stop my own personal one and we're doing it together. So we just tried to put together everything we feel we kind of learned along yeah. the way. Yeah. In terms of personal development and growth. Well, I think the important thing is, you know, it's not like we're saying that the change catalyst has all the answers, no. but it, it certainly, you know, shed some light on what worked for us. And yeah. I think that's what we were hoping for. Even if somebody, you know, one person finds that it helped them, um, then that's a win. So, um, yeah, no. It's like what you guys are doing. Um, we learn a lot from other people's stories yeah. and can maybe see some parts in ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's, um, I think that's important too, because I, I don't know what the discussion exactly is in, in Canada about burnout, but in the United States, they'll, they'll say, oh, physician burnout's a big problem. But when you look at these healthcare systems and entities, their response to that is 
quite less like go do yoga and you know all these very reactive things where they're not addressing these core issues of lack of autonomy feelings where you have no control over the outcomes no control of your practice and uh me being me and and i will try not to be too down on the healthcare system I don't, I honestly think that the systems themselves don't want us to know, like it makes more sense for them to do these reactive kind of strategies, but it's up to the physicians, like what you're doing, where you're saying, you know, you can choose, you can make active choices. You can be intentional in your lifestyle design um, because we're the ones who are directly impacted by that. Right. And uh, uh, so I love that you're doing it because I don't really think that anybody other than physicians are going to be the ones that really lead this change, that help their peers, that provide these resources. So I really applaud you on that. And thank you so much for putting that resource out there. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. And I know you have done, I, at least it seems like there's been some, some things you've made offerings or retreats or some, is there anything that's going on right now or anything you want to put attention to, or is that kind of, um, um, not an active area right now. Yeah. It's, it's not an active area right now. We, we kind of, over the course of the last year or so, we've kind of decided to, you know, focus again, what is our intention and purpose and direction with things. Mm -hmm. And I think at that point, you know, when we realized that, you know, transitioning into keeping those things going, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. COVID's coming and it would have probably thrown a wrench into yeah. a lot of those things anyway, in-person stuff. Um, we just felt that maybe stepping back and being more of the advocacy side of things um, and kind of just sharing our story bit by bit through some of our, our social media stuff is, is what we wanted to do at this point in time. Um, is, it not, you know, is it something that we might get back to at some point in time? We may, but at this point, that's the part, I guess, we, we never sit here and, and just accept the status quo. So there's a lot of ebb and flow in what we do. Um, and, and right now we've chosen to kind of focus on, again, on the advocacy through social media. So. And if anyone ever contacts us, like we're always happy yes. to speak with anyone that's happened to that just, is. you know, we, we're not doing our, our, any of our work or never have in physician wellness as a money generator. It's just a true interest in what we've gone through and our experience in knowing how significant it can be and it can impact a, a family, a, you know, someone's personal health that we just want to be there if, if we can in any yeah, way support right yeah exactly. we've always said that we're always here to, to help support people so yeah. uh, if we're able to talk to somebody about things and, and present some light or some uh, you know ways that they can handle it we're here for them so yeah well I just love the team team approach that both of you have with this and I think it, it gives people hope and even if you're dropping a little bit of knowledge here and there it, it is a contribution and it can be magnified on social media you never know how how that can impact people but what I love is that you're you're open to change and you're open to facing whatever discomforts are right in front of your face and willing to discuss them. And you've evidently had a really good communication from what I can tell between the two of you and even just taking walks together. What an amazing mental and physical uh, gift to each other for not only being role models for your children, but to enhance and nurture your own relationship. And I think that ends up benefiting the rest of the world um, to see that kind of um, example uh, because it's a lot of personal development and inner work that is really tough and there is no perfect you know cookie cutter approach and you're going to have to piece your own life together and design it the way that fits you so 
thank you for all you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Kevin, so, any other questions? I was just going to ask you, so where can people find you? What are the best sites for people to find you at? Right now, it would be Twitter still um, at docs for docs. It's a letter four. Um, and I think on Instagram, it's F4. So we're docs for docs. Am I wrong on that? On Instagram. D-O-C-S, the number four D-O-C-S. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those things you kind of forget, right? <laughs> That's okay. I wasn't going to correct real Yeah, long. sorry. <laughs> It's all good. We put you on the spot. It's all good. I'm thinking of our, our email. And we can always be reached by email. Yeah. And that's on your Instagram uh, yeah. notes at the top. So yeah. for your profile. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I just like Melissa want to say thank you so much for coming on the Change Physician podcast. Love hearing your story. Loved, you know, these points about awareness and intentionality. And I particularly enjoyed because again, in the United States, we have all these specialties and the specialists sometimes get pigeonholed and thinking that they can't take control of their life. So, you know, uh, Colin, thank you so much for demonstrating that even those in these specialties can make intentional choices to, to change their lives and their practice. Really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you so well, thanks much, so much for having us. It was our pleasure. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. And for everybody else out there, I am Dr. Kevin Kukara with my co-host, Dr. Melissa Katie. Thank you for joining us today on the Change Physician Podcast, and we will see you all soon. Thank you for joining us today on the Change Physician Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by going to thechangephysician.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you simply by joining the community at thechangephysician.com.